Before we get into this episode, I just wanted to let you know that there may be some sound quality issues that you hear. We apologize for this and have upgraded our microphones, so we hope that it is fixed in the rest of our episodes. Now, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Accessible Theology. This is our three-minute theology section, and uh, what we hope to do in these podcasts is take a theological topic or term and uh, explain it in three minutes. And we are going to be very strict on the three minutes. Uh, I'll have a timer going, and when you hear that go off, it's done. It's over. That's that is that's the final trumpet, one would say. And then we'll have a, just a, a brief discussion on what we've been talking about. Uh, today we are talking about the gospel, and Michael is going to take three minutes to explain the gospel to us. You, you, you ready? Talk about the most important thing in the world <laughs> in three minutes. <laughs> now, you, okay. I, I mean, you, you, think, you think you got it? You think you can do it in three minutes? Like... I'm sure you've got the gospel down, but uh, knowing you, I think the challenge is going to be the three minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No problem. Okay, let's do it. All right. Well, so I'm way to learn. <laughs> I will. I'll give you a countdown and uh, some warnings as we go along, Sounds and good. then you'll hear the buzzer, and then that's it. All right. All let's right. do it. So starting in three, two, one, go. All right, so the gospel is the good announcement that Jesus Christ in the fullness of time came into the world to redeem man from sin. So for there to be good news, you need to know there's bad news. We know that in Adam, back in the Garden of Eden, sin entered the world through man's transgression, and God promised that death would be the sure and just response to any sin or infraction of his holy law. When Adam sinned, He wasn't immediately killed. Instead, he was clothed with animal skin, thus showing that a substitute took Adam's place in death. The earth was cursed as a part of this. And uh, from then on, mankind was separated from God. They were not in an Edenic, perfect, paradisical state. Instead, what happened was they lived in um, unreconciled from God. They were separated and alienated from his grace. And so God promised though, when Adam sinned, that he would send a son through the seed of the woman who would crush the serpent who had deceived them and thus save them from sin. Now it's important to note that the good news is not that we've been merely saved from Satan, but that God's just wrath that was promised against Adam has been justly satisfied in the person of Christ because Jesus comes into the world and he dies in man's place. So that's the good announcement that Jesus died. Now, why is it important? It's important because Jesus is truly God and truly man. Mm. That's important. R.C. Sproul taught it's important. Don't use no fully. (laughs) Don't bring fully into this. Truly God, truly man. And the reason that's significant is that only God can bear the punishment of God and not be forever extinguished. But man must be punished for man's sin. And so Jesus is the one mediator between God and man and thus reconciles man to God and allows for God to be both just and the justifier, Romans 3 says. So the gospel is that God, instead of killing man and damning them as they deserved wholesale, 
sent his son into the world. So the angels, when they celebrate and announce to the shepherds that Jesus is born into the world, they say glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to the people he favors. That word favors is the word grace, the word that God would show grace through his son to those who would turn from their sin and repent and believe. So the gospel, it's a compound word meaning good announcement, is the most important thing in the world to Christians. It's why we call ourselves evangelicals. It's why Paul says it is of first importance that you know that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and that he appeared. He now sits at the Father's right hand and intercedes for all those for whom he died and rose back to life. Oh, man. There it is. That was three-minute theology on the gospel. Now, let's, ha- let's have a little bit of conversation here on some of the things you brought up because I think I think it was really good. It was really helpful. Um, you talked a little bit about the wrath of God being directed at us. Mm-hmm. What? How? How is it that? Think of you know just me personally. How is it that um, God's wrath becomes averted? from me like how how is that taken away yeah so god um sent his son and when his son was crucified on the tree that wasn't just lawless men killing jesus but on the cross it got dark if you know in this in the story and for three hours it was dark in the middle afternoon and in those three hours jesus took on hell which hell is the just and full wrath of God. And and as some theologians say, he drank the full wine press mm-hmm. of God's wrath down to the very dregs. And that's significant because it pleased, as, as Isaiah 53 says, it pleased the father to crush the son. Mm-hmm. And so the reason that God can avert his wrath from you is because when you believe in Christ, you are, the Bible says, imputed Christ's righteousness. That word "impute" is m- huge. It's it's under much attack today, yeah. but it shouldn't be because right. it's glorious. Because what happens when we believe, as Romans four says, it is counted as righteousness. So by faith, when we trust that Jesus was sent by God, the Father, to die for our sin, He then, the Father, transfers to our account the full righteousness of Christ, and Christ takes our sin upon himself and justly dies for it. The reason three hours on the cross can account for a full eternity of hell that would have otherwise been ours is because Jesus and his infinite worth, even in suffering three seconds of God's wrath, would have made up for however long the infinite uh, punishment we thus deserve. So 2 Corinthians 5.21 is a key text that comes to mind where it says that he who knew no sin, meaning Jesus is the sinless substitute, he's the unblemished lamb of God, the Bible says, he who knew no sin, became sin. In other words, he was treated as a sinner in our place, punished on our behalf, as Galatians 3 says, cursed on the tree. And so through that, we become the righteousness of God. So there's, a, as again, double imputation that's happening. The good news is that by faith, I receive Christ's righteousness. He takes the punishment for my sin, and now I can stand free because the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. Yeah, that's that's really good and, and really crucial to properly understand the gospel just just to be clear in this idea of of imputation it's it's a word that is talking about something being credited to your account Mm -hmm. and and michael just used the phrase double imputation which is 
honestly one of my favorite doctrines. Yeah, if, and we're going to talk about that yeah. in another <laughs> three-minute thing, and then we're only going to focus on that. Yeah. So, so we don't get too lost, yeah. but yeah, it's such, the reason that it's worth mentioning yeah. in the discussion of the gospel is this, that God crediting to you yeah. the full righteousness of Christ yep. is the good news. Yeah. So you remove yeah. imputation. Yeah. You remove the, the good news. Yeah. There is no, no gospel yeah. without imputation. So, so yeah. So that that's really good. That's really helpful. Uh, maybe you, you could talk for a second um, about the importance of the gospel to the life of a believer. Mm-hmm. So so just to kind of to put the caricature out there, um, I get saved by the gospel and then I leave it behind or or what? Yeah, no, that's crucial. So. Um, I once talked to a lady on a, a mission trip I was on, and I wanted to share the gospel with her as we were going door to door. And her response to me was, "Oh, son, I don't need that. I done, I done believed years ago. You go tell others." <laughs> yeah. And she viewed the gospel as an inoculation, as a shot, yeah. as a vaccine, a one-time thing, yeah. and you don't have to worry about it. It's, it's kind of like uh, the chickenpox shot. She right. kind of looked at it, right? You right. get that, you don't need to worry about it anymore. But that's not the gospel. The good news is not just good news for one moment. It's good news for life. And the reason it's significant for your life is that you're going to, as Christians, we will continue to stumble and fall. But we also, by God's grace, be upheld and sustained and equipped. And the grace of God that that pardons us from sin gives us power to live righteous lives. And so the ongoing effects of the good news is that we are we receive the what's called the indicative, which is we are saved and reconciled to God. That's good news. Yeah. But then there's imperatives that flow from that indicative news, which is this. The imperatives are live like that's true. Yeah. Because Jesus died, because he rose again, we are called to be holy. And Paul does that all throughout the scriptures. He tells you that because Jesus died, because he is a fragrant offering that satisfied the Father's wrath, on that basis— we live together. The Gentiles and Jews are reconciled together and can love in community and love one another well. Mm-hmm. And so the gospel is not just a one-time thing. It pervades the entirety of your life, and it is the very means by which God will complete the work he began. So the gospel, yeah. it's not like you begin on the gospel and you finish by your own effort. Paul condemns that in the book of Galatians. Yeah. Instead, the very gospel that begins the good work in you is the very thing that will complete that work absolutely yeah so uh we've heard an overview of the gospel and um it is of first importance as as Mm -hmm. michael has reminded us uh it's something that yes we're saved by it but we must also continue to live in accordance with it um and we don't want to cast it aside so that's that's why we took the time to talk about it today we want to make sure we can live every day of our lives as believers in accordance with this good news uh, that the righteousness of Christ is credited to our account. Mm-hmm. So we want to, we just want to thank you for listening today uh, and uh, charge you until next time that you would love God, know truth and live accordingly. Mm-hmm.